Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Hello, everybody. We have Val on the show today. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm so stoked to be here. My like maybe one and only podcast this year. So I'm yes. excited. We are honored. We are incredibly happy to have your Wednesday today when you don't schedule anything else. Happy to be your podcast girls that you're chatting with. I really, really wanted to bring you on because you know email like the back of your hand. It is like your lifeblood, I feel like. And I think our audience listening, when they hear the word email, I feel like a lot of them are already going into that like, oh God, I haven't opened that today or it takes me hours to sift through or like I get that like sick feeling in my stomach whenever I have to send certain types of emails. And so we're just going to chat email today and we're going to ease the overwhelm. We're going to get some action steps on how y'all can like feel better about the dreaded inbox, even if you can't necessarily hire it out just yet. So let's get started. I want to really talk about the idea of email overwhelm, inbox overwhelm, like how as small business owners, is that such like the dreaded plight of all of us? Why is that such a thing? Well, and it's not just small business owners. It's like people, you know, that every, I mean, how many medium articles can you read about inbox overwhelm? And, you know, it's, it seems to be like a really hot topic that kind of comes and goes depending on the group that you're in. But it's it's every single human that has an email address, which I think is almost everyone. Even my grandma has one. So, yeah. you know, it's or like, you have 10 like we do. So it's yeah, just exactly. all of the accounts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of those human problems is, okay, well, we all communicate by email, especially in the business world. That's how we do business is we have email lists. And as a small business owner, you hear all the time the value of an email list and how email converts better than social and all these things about email. And then as a human, as a, you know, the receiver of emails, you think, oh, I don't want to get another email. So why should I be sending more email to people? So, you know, it's like, yeah, you either you're the kind of person who wakes up and tackles their inbox right away, like dives into it. And that's how you start your day and get everything done and clear it out. And you're like a big inbox zero person, um, which has its pros and cons. Or you're the kind of person who's like, nope, I don't even want to look in my inbox. You're the person who when I look over your shoulder, and it says like 1027 unread emails. Mine's even Uh, higher than that right now. That makes me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) My anxiety just goes like way up whenever I see those notifications on people. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot look around at the coffee shop, you guys. It's just... (laughs) 
eyes down. Yeah. What are some action steps? Like, we're just going to like start it right off the bat of like, okay, personal email right now, Abby and I have our own personal email accounts. My daughter has an email account for other, like, that's a whole nother story of why she has one, our business email account. And then we have personal business emails account. So like we've hired out one of them. We have ignored the personal account because (laughs) It's, we just can't. So what are some things that, how, what are some different mindsets we can start to kind of think about that inbox? What are some ways we can tackle that to like clear the clutter and feel like lighter and freer? Yeah. So you said you hired out and I just want to kind of define that for people who are like, what do you yeah. mean you hired out your inbox? <laughs> um, so, so you hired a virtual assistant or someone mm-hmm. to help you manage your inbox, right? So going through emails that come into your main inbox that is like your public email address that people, so they maybe it's like linked to the contact form on your website or it's an email address that you use publicly that a lot of people have or have access access to. And so there's somebody who's kind of the gatekeeper of emails that come into the inbox, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So that's hiring out your inbox. And a lot of people do that. And it's actually more affordable than you think. So if you're listening and going, I can't afford to do that, it could be way more affordable than you think. And um, the way I always see hiring, because I used to do a lot of work in like teaching people how to delegate and manage teams and things. The way I see hiring is it, let's say that managing your inbox, your your public email address for your business. That's the first thing you do every day because you you put that much importance on it. Great. So it takes you an hour. Well, how much could you do in that hour that you could be billing people for? Because mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee you that you're going to spend less on having somebody help you manage the inbox, someone who's really quick at it, who has doesn't have the personal attachment to those emails. And that's huge. That's such a time saver because we get emails and they're sent to us and we open them and it's your name and at the beginning of it and you take it personally and you weigh all the pros and cons and you consider it and then you mark it as unread because you have to think about it some more. And then you think about that email all day long and then you come back to it later. And so all of this is taking up tons of time in your business and you could actually hire somebody to manage your inbox. Virtual assistants are great for this. There are a lot of other people, services that do inbox management, but even just looking for a virtual assistant to start there with, hey, be the gatekeeper of my inbox. Tell me the things that truly matter. Here are some canned responses for things that, you know, that come up a lot interview requests or guest Mm -hmm. blog posts, or here's things that can go straight to the trash, you know, giving them some guidelines to help manage your inbox. It takes the personal feeling out of it and frees up, I mean, an hour, maybe more if you think about all the time you spend thinking about email, because I know I do it. I mark my an email that I need to attend to later as unread. And then I think about that email in the back of my brain somewhere until I actually do something about it. So yes, you can hire out, hire out your inbox, hire somebody to help you manage your inbox. Um, And there are ways that you can manage your inbox on your own before you hire somebody. So if you think, well, that's something I want to do in another six months, or that's a goal I'm going to set for my business, you know, by this time next year, I'll have somebody who's helping with my inbox. So for right now, there's a couple of things that you can do. The, The first is to consider how much email you're sending. 
right? So we train people how to interact with us. There are people I know that when I email them, I'm not going to hear back for a couple of days. I also know that the response is going to be very succinct and probably will contain bullet points. We'll have things in bold if it's something that they definitely need from me. There are just certain ways that they communicate. There are also people that I know if I email, I'm going to hear back from them immediately. And it's going to be like three or four paragraphs of detailed information that's going to take, first of all, it's a lot to consume for me. I need the bullet points. I need those key points pulled out. And it feels like really heavy to have this quick back and forth of a lot of information all at once. Mm -hmm. But I know that there are different people in my address book that I'm going to email and get those kinds of responses from. So I often have to think, what is the standard I'm setting for my own inbox? And the kind of emails, the kind of response that I give to people as they email me. Are they, are they getting a really brief response with you know, key points called out in it? Mm-hmm. Are they getting a really long response? Is it going to take five days or five hours? And just considering the way that you interact with your inbox, because it's that whole, like the old adage that your mom always used to say that, you know, treat people how you want to be treated, treat your inbox the way you want your inbox treated. I never even really thought about that of like, and I didn't realize that I did that, especially with you. I feel like people who I'm like, they are good emailers. I will go back before communicating with them and see how have they sent me emails in the past. So that's clearly how they like to receive communication. And so like the email I recently sent you to strike up our conversation again was like three bullet points. I had bolded phrases. I like literally when like the subject line was very clear about what was happening. And so I'm glad that that's obviously helpful, but that's such a good point of go back and see how the people who have been communicating with you like to be communicated. And that I feel like is going to speed up that conversation a lot faster. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's kind of how you handle anything in life, right? Like we want to treat people how we want to be treated. And I have this sweet friend who she's teaching me how to bring kindness into texting. So Mm -hmm. she starts every text she sends me with, hi Val, exclamation point. And then like whatever information, and then obviously not for in community, like in a conversation, she doesn't start every, every single text. but <laughs> an out of the blue text from her starts with hi. And I'm like, Oh, that's so nice. Like mm-hmm. I want to, re- I want people to feel how I feel when I get her texts. So yeah. can I do that? Yeah. Let's, let's add that into a text that I send somebody. Cause yeah. you think about text messages are just kind of interrupting somebody's flow for the day. Mm-hmm. How about a hi? You know, so it's a worse conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're reaching out to somebody. So not just diving right into things, but so she's training me how to text again. And I like to do the same thing for, for people with email is think about how those emails that you've loved receiving and that you felt really good about and that you knew like, okay, I'm going to accomplish replying to this email today because of these key elements of it and start to write emails in that manner to other people. So I think that's one big one. What do you do if you just like are like me and you just let it get so out of hand, you're like (laughs) ready to wave your white flag in the air. Just delete everything. Like if you email me prior to X date, it's just not happening. So archive all. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. So that is when somebody has a, a jam packed inbox, I think it's kind of like cleaning your house. When your entire house needs to be cleaned, it feels so overwhelming that you just want to sit on the couch and watch Netflix. But when you say, okay, I'm going to clean the kitchen today, then you clean the kitchen. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, now I'm in the bathroom. Oh, now I'm cleaning up the piles of laundry, you know, so it kind of tends to feed on itself a little bit. So I love to encourage people to set aside a a chunk of time. I love the Pomodoro technique. Do you guys know about that? you talk mm-hmm. about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go ahead and explain it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Pomodoro technique is a set period of time. It it does actually vary what people say, whether it's 20 or 40 minutes. But I, I like a 40-minute block and then a 10-minute break or 15-minute break mm-hmm. before you dive back into the next block. I think people have gotten more concise with some people say it's 20 minutes. And if 40 Quick minutes sounds overwhelming, do 20 and then yeah. give yourself a set break. But what you do is you set a timer. So you set your 40 minute timer, you close everything else, shut everything else down, maybe you put on some inspirational music that you love. And you just tackle that task. So you can use Pomodoro's for anything, you can use it for writing, if you struggle to get blog posts written, if you, you know, if you need to work on a particular project for a client, just sitting down, setting aside the time doing it, blocking off everything else, and just process one by one. If you use Gmail. Abby, do you use Gmail? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lab in Gmail labs in the settings. This is a total like nerd hack. And maybe we can show people how to do it in the show notes or something. Yeah. But there's a lab that doesn't allow it doesn't take you back to you know, when you read an email, and then you either respond to it or delete it, it takes you back to the inbox. Mm-hmm. There's a lab where you can set your setting up on your on your inbox where it takes you straight to the next one. So it like forces you to just go through all of your unread emails. So I say Pomodoro that inbox, go through it, delete the ones that really can be deleted, reply to the ones that need a quick reply, and then start to build up your bank of canned responses so that you can use those as you Mm -hmm. go through too, because you'll probably find that the emails start to fall into a couple of different categories and you can use a similar response to a lot of them. Yeah. Canned responses for the win. I always felt like I would be spending more time having to customize the responses, but I feel like the more and more emails you get, because it didn't used to be this bad. Like we didn't used to get this many emails. It used to be very manageable and Mm -hmm. it was literally just our own faults of how it was getting like not paid attention to. And then I feel like a light switch happened and all of a sudden just like piles and piles and piles of emails. And especially when we launched the podcast, because then you're handling like people who want to be on the show and all of these other things. And so I... I think I felt like I would have to customize those canned responses too much for it to be worth our time. But as soon as you get a bulk of emails, like you realize you have to just be kind of like quick and neat about it. And not everyone gets like this perfectly customized response if it's not needed. And so pick out your times where that's generalized and where it can be generalized and set those suckers up because they save a ton of literally copy paste. That's how it click, click, click. Absolutely. And, you know, you don't have to hide the fact that a canned response is a canned response. Right. You can, I've seen canned responses that I've gotten that say, you know, hey, you're getting this reply because you requested this. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it makes it pretty clear. This is a canned response. 
and I'm still getting the information that I need. So yeah, I definitely say, you know, set a timer, go through it. And you might find some people get to the end of that 40 minutes and feel like, oh, I have, you know, 10 more things to check off. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. And then I'll take my break. But make sure you take a break afterwards and give yourself a little reward. Yeah. So how do you handle like, when you get to an email, like, I I mean, obviously, I would say 80% of the emails most people get, maybe even more than that, are like, archive or delete, like, they're just Mm -hmm. things they signed up for, like a mailing list, and they just are irrelevant. But occasionally, there's going to be things that need response, or there's going to be things where you have to do something and then respond. So what is your method to handling that process so a it doesn't build up and a you're not like distracting yourself and going and doing 15 things before you come back yeah so you know I mentioned earlier that cost on our mind of having an email that you need to do something with sitting in your inbox you've read it you know there's a task associated with it but you don't have time to do that task right now so you mark it as unread or you star it or whatever and it just kind of sits there so there's a mindset called Ohio, which I love mostly because I live in Ohio, um, but, also, <laughs> but also because it stands for only handle it once. Mm. So that means if you are going to go into your inbox, and this is a really hard practice for almost everyone because we're used to living with our inboxes open and kind of looking at them throughout the day and then yeah. go, you know, marking it on red and walking away. But here's, here's a, a challenge for anybody who's up for it. Ohio means only handle it once. When you have time to go into your inbox, when you have your set time during the day that you, whether it's in the morning, afternoon, maybe it's a couple of times a day, you go into your inbox and you look at those emails, those unread emails. And maybe you have your settings set so that you go email to email without going back into your inbox. And so when you open that first email and it has something that needs to be done before you can respond to it, or it has a, the email itself is a task that you need to accomplish for a client, maybe stop before you decide, like, I'm just going to mark it as unread and walk away, put it into your task management system, put it into Trello, whatever you're using, what, you know, your paper notebook, whatever you use. Put that task in there. There's also a really great if this then that um, recipe where if you you tell it like if hey if I star a email then put it into my task management management nice. system. So that's a really good one. But handle it once. Deal with the email. You might aren't going to have time to do the thing and then reply to the email. But take care of getting that email information to where it needs to go. Then you can leave it marked as read. So you can then, you know, you you put the task into Trello to update the graphic for your client. And then you add a second task in Trello that says reply to client's email once the graphic is updated. So that you have all those steps that you need to do related to that email. And then you can just let it go and you know that it's taken care of. People get confused too, Abigail, about the difference between archive and delete. And so I just want to clarify here. Archiving an email means that you can still reference it in your inbox when you need it later. So if it's like that client email you need to reply to, you can archive it and still search for it later and find it. If you delete it, it's deleted and gone. 
so it won't be searchable later unless it's still in your trash can, which I think lasts like 10 days or something. Yeah, not even that long. Yeah, yeah archiving is great if you're that inbox zero type person. Like literally you don't want to see anything in there but where you can still access it. Another thing we found that was super helpful and we set this up shortly before getting Katie to go through our inbox for us, but I still, she uses it still because it's easier to organize. But we've had Google set up our emails to unread first and everything else yeah. underneath. So she can minimize the everything else. And those things might still need to be dealt with, or she's waiting for a response for us before she knows what to do with that. But there, she's only seeing the newest emails at the top. So she can know what to be tackling every day. Those are my favorite setting the inboxes up that way. It also changes your inbox so that you don't have that like primary tab and yes. social tab. I don't like those new Gmail tabs, uh, so they're not new no, anymore. But if you if you go into your settings and change the the layout to unread first, it gets rid of all those tabs and then yeah, your unread emails land on top. Yeah. Love That's it. one of my favorites. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. 
Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Another strategy that Abby and I implemented before finally getting someone to take over our inbox, because we definitely waited too long for our sanities, but... We would, we were the people who would constantly have Gmail in one window open and then working over here. And so we would be doing tasks. I would be writing a blog. Abby would be designing something and we'd get a new email. We would both stop, address it, or one of us would read it and then ask the other person, what do we need to do? And so we're constantly like stopping our task. And you all know when you interrupt what you're doing, like you're making that thing take longer because you're having to like refocus on what you're doing. Like it's not rocket science, but I bet a lot of you are doing this. And so we finally said, okay, first thing in the morning for like 30 minutes only, we're going to look at new fresh emails and deal with it right then and there. And then for 30 minutes in the afternoon, we're going to look at what came in through that day. So we can kind of keep on top of it for the next day, but not be spending like so, like so many hours inside your inbox every day. So that's another like in-between strategy if, if a goal for you is to hire it out, but you need something right now that's going to help. Well, and spending your day in your inbox is, it's fake work. Yeah. So it's Call a way it that you, what it is. yeah, I mean, it's a way that people tell themselves they worked all day. Yeah. Is like, no, I sat at my computer and I looked at that inbox and I read those emails and I thought uh-huh. about them and uh-huh. <laughs> and I didn't get anything done. I didn't done reply to any of, of them, inbox. but yeah. maybe I replied to one or two, but I didn't get anything actually done. And yeah. So when you spend all day in your inbox, you're just like faking yourself out that you worked. Mm-hmm. You will be so amazed at your productivity if you get out of your inbox during the day. Yes. yes. Lord. I, that changed like a whole life for me Uh (laughs) when we did that. Get out of your inbox. (laughs) I think the other thing that you can do that really helps with, especially if your inbox is overwhelming, is to set up folders and and filters for your folders. Mm -hmm. So there's an option in, in Gmail to be able to set up filters for emails. So if they contain, if they come from a certain person, if they go mm-hmm. to a certain email address, because some of us have multiple email addresses routing into one inbox, if they contain a certain subject line, you can set up any kind of filter for it, but it takes that email and then you can even tell it like, hey, put it in this folder and and mark it as read or star it mm-hmm. or tell it you basically tell the inbox what to do with that email so you can take more control over the emails that you get so as an example i sign up to a select number of newsletters so one unsubscribe from newsletters yeah. that you are not yeah. actually reading the few that i do actually read i stay subscribed to but they all filter into a newsletter folder so that they're not popping into my inbox in the middle of the day and, you know, interrupting my workflow. Or if I am in my inbox and because like a lot of emails come at, you know, 9am. And so if that's when I'm in my inbox working, I'm not distracted by them. They all end up in my newsletter folder, which I can check into when I'm ready to look at it. This is to my detriment for my actual <laughs> email list, because I've trained everyone who is on my email list to do this. To and do then all my emails end up in a newsletter folder. <laughs> You know, but I think it helping people organize their inbox yeah. is worth it. So setting up folders and filters is huge. 
Yeah. My favorite folder I ever set up ever was I turned on notifications for Stripe, which most people are like, why would you ever do that? But I turned on notifications for Stripe and I had a email folder for that. And then I got a text message every time we got paid. Oh, and And the text tone is a cash register noise. It used to cha-ching all the the time. I eventually did get annoyed by it. It did eventually get out of hand. And especially like I was in the middle of a restaurant and it would just go off and people were like, we just like make so many sales, guys. So it just got over. I think my plans would get a cha-ching. So it was for like everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was great. It was yeah. the only email I actually enjoyed getting mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. I mean, but those are great. Yeah. And, you know, so you can filter things into folders if you love those emails. And then you mm-hmm. can also filter emails that you'd rather not see. Um, one thing <laughs> or or just to help organize your day. So, like, yeah. I I run a service-based business. And so I have a folder for each of my clients And so emails from them go into that client's folder so that if I'm working on a different client's project and need to reference an email that they sent, I just go into that client's folder and look at their emails. And if the other clients are sending me emails at the same time, I'm not getting distracted by those. They're in another Mm -hmm. folder. And then I also, it's not just a distraction element, but it's an organization element. I can go into a folder and see all the emails from this one client on a particular project. So if you work in a service-based business and have multiple clients, setting up a folder for each client is incredibly handy for your organization. We also set up a folder for each program that we sell. So each product that we have. So when we get a sale of that particular thing from Teachable and we know what this subject line is going to be, it goes into that folder. So we can easily reference that stuff for like, if we get a question about payments or whatever for that particular person, or if it's something to do with accounting or whatever we need those receipt kind of things for, they're already in there. So they're emails that you need and that you need to keep, but you don't necessarily need to acknowledge every time. Yeah. And so stuff like that, consider filtering into folders just so it takes up less brain space and acknowledgement when it does come in. Yeah. Like your invoice paid and um, yeah. receipts especially are huge. And that's so great when it comes tax time, like your yeah. CPA is going to love you because you have all those emails, all those receipts in in one email folder. You don't have to mm-hmm. search through your inbox and wonder if you missed mm-hmm. something. I love it. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of flip gears a little bit. We've been talking a lot about like Gmail and personal inbox or business personal inbox. I know you also handle the other side of kind of email marketing and like what's going out. So we only have like 10 minutes left, but I feel like people, you you hit it on the head at the beginning of like, I'm so afraid to be sending my people more and more emails because I'm afraid of getting more and more emails. So how can we kind of like marry that mentality knowing that email is still one of the best converting factors out there for businesses in general and and literally send better work business emails? Yeah, well, that's why when I was building out the email marketing side of my business, I was like, better email club. That's the name of this, because Mm -hmm. I want a club full of people who are sending better emails and, you know, have happy inboxes on the other side, too. Yeah, so it's kind of that same mentality of, you know, looking at, okay, what are the emails I like receiving and sending more emails like that. So there are some, some factors in that, but you know, the biggest thing is that you want to send emails that you would want to open and that your, your readers want to open. 
So that comes down to the subject line, that comes down to the the layout of the email, the formatting of it, how many links are inside of it, what you're asking people to do inside of it. And there are a lot of ways that you teach your email subscribers what kinds of emails that you're sending and what to expect from you. But, you know, the biggest thing is that you want to make sure that the emails that you're sending are emails people actually want to open. One of my favorite email lists that I subscribe to is a daily email. It's from a friend of mine named Jay. He has a daily business motivation email. And I love opening it because I know that he is always providing high value content. His subject lines are written like he's writing to me personally. Like it's a it's a friend. He doesn't use that. I know on like blog posts we use this like all caps, every word mm-hmm. is capitalized. Mm-hmm. format for a lot of people do on blog posts and you see those in your inbox and like would you ever hi capital hi capital emily would you like to right. like dinner thursday would you know that that would right. never be all capitalized and a subject line if i was sending that to a friend of mine want to have dinner on thursday would not be all caps right so uh you just want to write emails like you're writing to a friend. One of the tricks that I love for this is actually picking a person. So a person on my email list or a person that I know as an individual and putting their name at the top of the email as I'm writing it so Mm -hmm. that I'm visualizing this person, having a conversation with them, talking to them like I want to, like, like I talk to them because people know when you are, when you don't sound like yourself or when you're getting real salesy, or just, you know, junking up their inbox. And over time, that might be okay once or twice. But over time, you're going to see people unsubscribing, you're going to see people marking your emails as spam, which is the worst. Mm -hmm. Um, Because all of that impacts your the deliverability of your emails, meaning how often your emails actually land in the inbox versus in the spam folder. So everything yeah. from open rates to click rates to the number of people that mark your emails as spam, all of that impacts the overall reputation of your your emails. And so you want to you want to do everything you can to to keep your reputation high and to just talk to people like they're people and send the kind of emails that you love to get. Yeah. And I think what's funny about that is as soon as Abby and I started actually strategizing and paying attention to how we were sending emails to our list. A, we got better at it, but it got easier because what we were doing before was so templated and so formatted that we were like having to plug and play all of these content boxes, having to link, not having, no one was making us, we were doing it, but based off our own template that we created, linking up like five blog posts and a link to an Instagram post and pulling out a quote here and writing something here. Like it was just such a formula for us that we thought would make it easier, but it made it more difficult because we were taking so much time formatting the actual Mm. thing to make sure that it looked good before we actually sent anything. So once we actually switched email service providers and, and we kept hearing send you know, regular looking emails like you would send to your mom, we were like, oh, we can literally just say, hi, name and start a conversation. And we might bold some stuff. We might make, you know, some things a different color, but it's not such crazy formatting that it saves us a ton of time. And you can literally think of it like you're having a conversation via email. And that actually makes your job easier. Yeah. And you know, the fact of the matter is that you're writing your email and doing all that formatting and making it beautiful 
on your computer. So whether it's a laptop or a desktop or whatever, but the majority of your readers are reading your your email on their phone. And so anything that takes away from the actual message in the email, headers, graphics, I've seen tables in email. I've seen like people have put in header bars, like, like it's a website actually inside Mm -hmm. of the email. Mm -hmm. It all distracts from the main message and it makes it hard to read on a little tiny phone screen. So mm-hmm. no matter how big our phones get, it's always going to be better to just have text on your emails when, when the majority of your readers are reading from their phone. And I know, I know a lot of people run um, like visual brands. And so there's a lot of pushback to text-based emails from visual brands. But I really believe that visual brands can do text-based emails really well also and still drive people to their website because that's the ultimate goal of your email especially if you're selling something yeah to have a conversation in in your regular emails but when it's time to sell something your goal is to drive people to your website um, so yeah. when you have a visual brand a product based brand and you sell things on your website the whole goal of your email is to get people to go to your website so yeah. your pictures are on your website. You have product descriptions over yeah. there. You have the thing, the buttons over there. Get them there. Don't make them buy from your email where it's going to be awkward anyways. Yeah. And it's that like, I've never seen a picture in an email and bought it directly there. I always go and I want to read the description. I want to make sure it's the right size and I want to see what kind of stock they have. You know, you're. it's very rare that a transaction happens right there in in email. People want more information. So send them to your website where they can get all that information and use the email as a conversation piece. Well, to slightly change the subject, (laughs) I I selfishly want to know, as an email marketing strategist, what do you do for your clients? Oh, yeah. So it varies. I write a lot of emails. There's a lot of people out there who you might even be getting their emails, but I actually write them. Um, so a lot of people just don't like the need to write another thing for their business. Mm -hmm. And we all know, okay, building an email list is important. Staying in touch with my email list on a regular basis is important. I'm already writing blog posts and doing all of that content building. So now I have to write emails on top of that. So I write emails for people. I'll write Anything from your regular weekly email to a special sequence for a launch to a webinar sequence. I love helping people kind of fix up existing email sequences. And I also love helping helping people use their software better. So a lot of times we work in softwares that we're paying for and not actually using to its best benefit. So one of the things I do with a lot of people is just kind of do an overview of how they're using their software. So I used to work on the team at ConvertKit. So a lot of people I work with are ConvertKit customers. And, you know, just going in and saying like, hey, actually, you know, you don't have to connect things this way. You could actually do it this way and it'd be a lot more Mm -hmm. clear and simple, organizing the way that they use the back end of their software, things like that. That's handy. That's that's super interesting. Yeah. And a lot of people have great email sequences. One of the biggest things that I I do for people is with existing email sequences, taking that existing email sequence and making sure that it's doing its job. A lot of times people will write email sequences and it's just kind of casual, informative. They're afraid to sell. And so I go in and I'll, you know, kind of salesify the emails yeah. for them. Salesify. And, I like it. Yeah. I mean you you 
you're in business. It's not a hobby. So if you Uh aren't selling, and I think I've said this to you before, Emily, like if you aren't selling, it's a hobby. So, you know, use those email sequences to sell. And the, the biggest thing that I work on with my clients is that almost everybody has a really killer opt-in and an amazing service or product that they sell, but they have nothing that takes people from that opt-in to that product mm-hmm. or service. Um, mm-hmm. So they have their opt-in. They maybe get one thank you email after that, like, thanks for downloading my ebook. But then there's nothing that takes them through a process of saying, hey, here's how you can learn more. Here's what I do with my clients. Here's how it can benefit you. Here's some people who have gone through the program. You know, those kinds of email sequences, those are my absolute favorite to write because you see results from those as soon as you implement them. Well... <laughs> funnels what the heck I know that's probably one of our weakest points it is a hundred percent one of our weakest points but you're not the only ones that's I mean that's the majority of my clients is that's what we're doing is setting up those funnels from opt-ins to products and services yeah because I feel like we've let everything just get into a big hot mess where we have like so many opt-ins and then these programs and what makes sense and we finally have like really just gotten clear on what is the hierarchy and what is the funnel of our products. And so now like feeling like we have to backtrack and like, okay, let's connect all of that and all of these other pieces. And I mean, we've used, we're on ConvertKit and, you know, Nathan warned us when we, we hopped on the call with Nathan, like the, before we even signed up, we wanted to let see if it was going to be right. Back when the CEO actually talked to right. Yeah, right. Customers. Right. I'm not saying he doesn't know. He's still great. Like, I don't know if he does or doesn't, but we hopped on the phone with him and he kind of warned us, like, don't use it like I do. I have so many forms and I have so many opt-ins and I have so, like, I've tried to customize it so much. And so we're like, okay, so do the same thing that you did. Is that what you mean? <laughs> and so we have like a crap ton of forms and a crap ton of broadcasts and sequences and all of these things. And I'm just like, oh God. So we just keep adding to the mess instead we of actually dealing created with it. A monster. Well, look, mm-hmm. that's like everybody though. And unless you have a clear system set up in advance, and most right. people are just kind of making it up as they go, especially when you're going into oh, yeah. a new piece of software. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's the benefit of, of working with somebody that knows the system inside and out is to be able to yeah. say like, Hey, let's set up this new nomenclature and organize yeah. things this way. Yeah. And you know, softwares are always changing too. So there's new features that you might not even know about, or you mm-hmm. know about on a, you know, like side level, but you don't know enough. And it's, it's not, I mean, email is not the thing that people get into business to do. Like we don't right. start businesses because we're like, you know what I want to do is send a bunch of emails to people. <laughs> And like be in the back end of an email software company all the time. Like I, I started a business because I want to help people because I want to create products and services because I want to be creative in my day. And there's a ton of creativity in email, but it's kind of nice to be able to turn it over and have somebody help you with it. So um, you don't, you don't have to you don't have to feel alone in the fact that you, you know, you're missing those, those funnels, those pieces and funnel is always, it feels like such a, it's a businessy really. term and it scares a lot of people. Yeah. Like, what do you mean funnel? And now I'm going to be all salesy with people. And um, uh-huh. it, you don't have to be super salesy with people and to have funnels set up. Funnels simply yeah. tell you who's interested in purchasing from you and who's not. Really? <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, 
emails for your business for that come into your inbox, you want to make sure that you're sending the kinds of emails that you want to receive and that you're training, whether it's people on your email list or individuals that you're emailing through directly through your inbox, you're training people to know what to expect from you, how you like to communicate, and then what's next? What's what comes Mm -hmm. after that? I think that's the biggest thing, whether it's you're managing your inbox on the receiver side or sending emails on the email marketing side. Yep. Totes. Well, let's pull from that. I know that was one action step, but let's go ahead and head into talk strategy to me. Can you give us three ish more action steps that people can take this week, this week to clear their inbox, get their mindset shifted around how to tackle that beast and how to sustain just freedom in that in the future. Yeah. So that Pomodoro technique, you can do you can do that as soon as you're done listening to this episode. Set a 40 minute timer and get to work. Go through your inbox. And if you finish early, then you get extra free time. Um, <laughs> but if you have a couple thousand emails, you might need a couple Pomodoros. But set do one. Do one and go through your inbox. Mm-hmm. I'd say that the next thing that you should absolutely do, and maybe even before you start going through your inbox, is set up those filters. Because mm-hmm. filters you can actually set for emails that already exist. So there's a little checkbox at the bottom as you set up your filter that says, apply this filter to the existing emails in your inbox. And you say, yes, mm-hmm. please do that. So you can go ahead and do that, set up the filters that then help you go through. And maybe you say, okay, today I'm going to tackle this folder and tomorrow I'm going to tackle this other folder. And maybe by the end of the week, you have all of your folders tackled. And that's a great way to kind of organize before you dive in. And then the, I'd say the third thing you could do would be to go through those emails that you've really loved receiving and literally take notes, you know, get a notepad out and jot down what is it about these emails that I loved? Was it, you know, that maybe for you, you really love long emails that dive deep into a particular topic. And so typically, we attract people who are like us. And, Mm -hmm. and if you want to help weed out people who aren't going to aren't going to appreciate what you offer. If you love those long emails, it means you typically tend to write longer emails. So make notes on that. You know, are they short and concise? Are they really long? Do they have images? Do they not? Do they have a bunch of links and all kinds of different, you know, is it like a roundup style kind of email of like, hey, here's 10 links I thought you'd like, or is it Mm -hmm. one particular topic, you know, just make those notes. And then as emails come in throughout the rest of the day, you can kind of look at, do those match up with my notes of things that I like or don't, and start to reflect on how the emails you send can look more like the ones you love to receive. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Well, tell people a little bit more about Gmail School, Better Email Club, and how they can hang out with you. Oh, yeah, sure. So Gmail School is a free email course. So that's the best place to get started, especially if you have Gmail. I actually have had a few people go through the the program who use Outlook or Hotmail. I don't know. Oh, people still use that. My husband does. Um, but what? I know I I harass him about it every day. But so Gmail School is a great place to start. It's a five day email course. It walks you through how to set up those folders and filters how to manage, like we talk about the Ohio process, we talk about, you know, general email inbox management and some tips and tricks that aren't exactly on the surface when you open your Gmail account. 
So I kind of take you behind the scenes of setting up a really powerful Gmail inbox. I will tell you that it's the system that I used on my own inbox. And then I recorded it and put it into an email course for other people to to use. I never have more than 20 unread emails in my inbox. And that's at, including like after a vacation. So, nice. you know, being away from my computer for several days, that's the most I've ever seen in my inbox since setting up Gmail school. So it makes wow. it really easy to go through your inbox and, and tackle it. Better Email Club is the, the other side of things. So Gmail school is all about your inbox, the way you receive email. Better Email Club is, it's at betteremail.club. And that's all about how you send email. It's, it's those email marketing clients that I work with that we talked about what I do for email marketing clients. And the, the first step at Better Email Club is figuring out if you're using the right email software to begin with. So there's a little form you can fill out and tell me about your email list and the software that you're using and what you like to do and your goals for your business. Um, And then you get a reply from me of that software for your business and any ideas on, you know, where you might want to look instead, if there's a better software out there for you. Because one of the benefits of having worked at ConvertKit is I'm not going to just recommend ConvertKit to everyone, by the way. Um, (laughs) But one of the benefits is that I have worked in every single email platform out there. And I've seen the back end of all of them. And I've seen really successful accounts in each type of email software. And I've also seen accounts that needed to be somewhere else. So I have a bit of perspective to offer you. And filling out that contact form is free. Working with me is not free. But but it is freeing for your mind. Um, Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) It makes your soul happy. Yeah. So so that's Better Email Club. Oh, and Gmail School you can find at valgeisler.com slash gmail. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. That was super helpful. Yeah, it was so fun. I could talk about this for another two hours. So thanks for cutting me off. (laughs) Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.